What I want to talk about today is let's go to part number five uh, and part six today. Uh, and then we'll go back and give you just a little recap to kind of bring you up to date. But let's go to the second Corinthians chapter four and verse three through seven. Second Corinthians. Remember, Paul ministry was to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, turn them from the power of Satan. And we're we going to show you the power of Satan is ignorance. You got to understand that. What is it? The power of Satan is ignorance. And I'm going to show you that. That's what he, his ministry was to do that. All right. Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians. From Second Corinthians, I'll teach. I'm a teacher, so I'll be showing you the screen. And we put this on, put the word out there. People are watching us on television. So you have to take your time and minister the word of God. They have to see it on the screen. All right? Because that is what has to happen. Okay? Second uh, Corinthians. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 4. And let's just start reading. Just dive right in there. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Because I want to give you my subject. Uh, let's just start reading with verse number 3. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Don't forget what Paul is saying. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God, the little g, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine under them. Watch what he says. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Let's read it again. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God, here's your verse, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. What's the purpose? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, but we have this treasure. Come on, if you're saved, say, we have this treasure. Now, this treasure is this light of this person who is Christ. We have this treasure, which is Christ. In earthen vessels, somebody say, he's on the inside of me. In earthen vessels, and he's telling you why, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I'm going to read that, uh, that verse in Four, man, I'm just going to do verse six for time's sake. I have the NLT because I want you to hear my subject. In 2 Corinthians chapter four and verse number six, just so you can hear my subject. Verse six says, I'm going to wait till you get there on the screen. There we go. I have the NLT. For God who said, let there be light. How many can see that on the screen? How many can see it in the Bible if you can't see it on the screen? God said what? Let there be light. That's going to be my subject. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness. I'm just going to use that let there be light. Has made this light Talking about the glorious gospel of Christ. He made it to shine in our hearts in the, that is seen. He made it to shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay. Clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. My God Almighty. Can somebody give the Lord a big hand of praise? My God Almighty. When you got this light in you, I want to make sure you got this in you. This is, this is nothing greater than knowing that I have God living inside of me. 
I know where God is. I don't have to say up there somewhere, over there. God lives inside of me. Hallelujah. My God. I'm from the country. We used to sing a song that we can call him up anytime. Some of y'all might remember that song. It says, I got a telephone in my bosom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I can call him up anytime. Hallelujah. They didn't know too much about singing, but they did know that. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to uh, bring you up to date. If you, if you came here, uh, let's go back to Roman, uh, Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Uh, if you don't have a Bible at this church, you raise your hand, Ursula will give you one for the day. He'll show you what a storehouse and you can get you one forever. And if you cannot afford it, get with me, I'll give it to you. I just want you to have the word. All right. You don't have to worry. I got Brother Mike and uh, Sister Shelley back there. They'll pay for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. My brother and sister from Tennessee back there. All right. From Acts. I want you to look at Acts because in Acts chapter number 13, we showed you how the gospel went to the Gentiles. See, the gospel was sent to the Jews, but they rejected the word. So now the gospel now comes to the Gentiles. Now remember, we are not Gentiles anymore. This Bible is 2,000 years old. Once you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All right? Now watch this. Acts, um, I'm, I'm reading the book of Acts chapter 13, and I want to give you ver verses. I'm gonna, I can't read it all. Verse number 26. We want to show you verse 26 and verse 46. I want to show you those two verses. On the screen, verse 26, it says, Men and brethren, children in the stock of Abraham, and whoever among you that fear of God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. So we know what Paul had was salvation, but had it in the word. Now Israel had salvation, but it was in the person. So you have to understand that. It's just like having ice. You can have ice, you can have water, I'm sorry, you can have water, in ice form, or you can have water in a liquid form. You can have water in vapor form, but it's all water. See, that's why so many people do not understand what a humidifier is. Ask your neighbor, what is a humidifier? A humidifier has a purpose. Anybody know? A humidifier is to put moisture in the air. Now, what's a dehumidifier? It takes the moisture out of the air. So if, you ha if you're in a situation where you, my wife said to me, she said, you're going to have to get something because it's too dry in here. So I had to buy what? Yeah. And humidify, a humidifier. Get a nice one, get a nice one, and you will notice it blow out cool air. But what it's doing, it has a big, thing on the front of it that's a filter taking all of the dust and the particle right out the air and giving you cool air called humidifier. But then if you got your air too moist in your, in your house, you need to dehumidify it. Ain't that right? You cut that on, it sucks all the moist out and give you water at the bottom. You can go dump every day. I mean, it, it, I mean, God had to give people that kind of knowledge for them to be able to do that. We haven't always had that. I'm from the country, Mississippi, plantation, cotton field, toilet in the backyard. We didn't have no humidifier. We just opened up the window. <laughs> Come on. Amen. We didn't have to worry about it. Amen. Didn't have to worry about uh, none of that stuff. Amen. Let's move on. I'm grateful. I got my, I think I got, I got my sister over there from the, from the big M I S S I S S. That's my sister over there. Like, wave at me, girl. That's my sister over there. Yeah, we we homegirls, homeboys. She up north or northern Mississippi. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, I want you to write down what is it? Forty-six. Let's do that one. We're in Acts chapter thirteen, verse forty-six. In verse forty-six, Acts chapter number thirteen, it said, "Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary." 
It was necessary, waiting on the word to come to the screen. That's what I be waiting. It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you Jews, but you put it from you. You judge yourself unworthy, watch this, of everlasting life. What they were hearing will give them everlasting life. And the Bible said, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. We, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Now watch, watch verse 47. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set you, Paul, to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. He had to preach the word of God to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard, watch this, when the Gentiles heard the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. What did they do? One word. All you do in the body of Christ is believe the word. All this religion tradition of men is works. All you need to do is believe. And then the next thing the Bible said, and the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord was published. That word published means preached throughout all the regions round about. The word of the Lord was preached. All right. Now, watch that. Now, the Jews rejected the word of the Lord. But these people, let's look at verse 42. I'm doing it backwards, but let's do it verse 42. Now, watch what God did here. These Gentiles were hungry for that word. In verse 42, and when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged. See that word besought me what? They begged, man. They begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. They begged Paul, come back next Saturday and preach the word of God to us. And look at verse 44. They begged, preach the word to me. Verse number 44, and the next Sabbath, which is Saturday, the next Saturday, came, most, came almost the whole city. The whole city came together to do what? To hear the word of God. That's how precious the word of God. The whole city turned out to hear the word. I just believe one day the whole city, we got enough room for most of the city up in here. Amen. We got 300, 300 seats upstairs. Matter of fact, we got another uh, seat in next door to us, another church side by side to us where we have our uh, midweek services. We got another three or 400 people. So we, can, we, we got a gymnasium on the other side that we already plugged in. Men say, hey, know what I'm talking about. We can plug in another thousand over there. We, we can hold a lot. We already got the equipment set up so people go over to the gym can watch the same service you watch. We already set up that the people in the church in the church can watch the same service you watching in here. Come on, get along. We know what we're doing. We get ready. We get ready for what God's going to do because people wants the word. I said people wants the word. All this religion, tradition of men, give me the word. Somebody said, let there be light. Come on, say it loud. Let there be light. I want to show you in the word of God. Now, first thing Paul did was open the Gentiles' eyes. Now, let's show you that because I gave you one already on that. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that the next service. But I'm going to give you that. Oh, well, I give it to you. Look at Luke 24, 31. Give you one verse. See, if you don't get the word, your eyes can't get open. See, that's how the enemy keeps you in darkness. They lure you to sleep with religion and tradition of men. But nobody takes time out and teach you the word. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24. Now, you can mark in your Bible from 25 to 32, but I'm not going to be able to give you all that. Luke, chapter 24. Verse 25, you know I'm a good, Pastor. Let me just give you some of it anyway. Go to verse 25. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 25. The Bible said, then he said, now here Jesus already raised again from the dead. Now once he raised again from the dead, he's Christ now. Let me say it again. At the cross, he went from being Jesus to being Christ. You don't get that. I'm, I'll show you in a minute. Uh, I'm going to give you a scripture for it. 2 Corinthians chapter number, you can write this down. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. But you want to look at verse 16 and 17. We go there next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Luke chapter 24. We want to look at verse 25. That's what we had on the screen. Here we go. 
Then he said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe. What were they slow of heart to do? They are slow of heart to believe. Believe what? All that the prophet has spoken. We talked about that in our minister class yesterday. If the prophet's already spoken, what would they call? There you go. That's what I'm waiting on. Well, who was that? Scriptures. If the prophet spoke it, it had to be scriptures. Old Testament is called what? Scriptures. That's why you got to know the difference. The New Testament is not scriptures. The New Testament is letters. They're epistles written by the Holy Spirit. But the Old Covenant was written by men of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. New Covenant people received already had the Holy Ghost inside who God was speaking the word of God. It's a difference. Old Testament was prophecy. New Covenant is revelation. You got to be able to rightly divide the word creation, manifestation, and then revelation. Got to be able to rightly divide the word to preach the word. Amen. All right, here we go. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and watch this, enter into his glory. Now in verse 27, and begin that Moses, why was he going back to Moses? That's the law. He began that Moses and all the prophets, he expound unto them all in all the scriptures. See, what that's what he's given them in the old covenant. The thing concerning himself. The scriptures was what? About thing concerning Christ. All the scriptures was about one man, Christ. All right, but they couldn't let him know, couldn't let people know it was Christ. They just said you have to know Jesus. You can't know Christ yet until Paul comes. Because he got to be revealed. His revealed person is Christ. To know him in the flesh is to know him as Jesus. But to know him in the spirit is to know him as Christ Jesus. Acts 2.36, God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified. He's now both Lord, Lord means you can't see him, and he's Christ. Most of church people are waiting for Jesus to come because Jesus is called Son of Man. You can see Son of Man, he's Son of Man. Son of Man means Son of Adam. He's not Son of Man no more, he's Son of God. Son of God means he is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is Lord, he is God. Hallelujah. Didn't sleep at all last night. I'm serious, brother. All right. Now let's go down, let's go down and read verse 30, because I can't, I can't read the other part. Verse 30 says, And it came to pass as he said at me. They invite him in the house, but he's already resurrected. There we go. Verse 30 says, And it came to pass as he said at me with them. He get ready to reveal to them who he is. He get ready to open their eyes. He took bread. See, this is what you're doing right now. See, bread, we don't serve bread on the table no more. That's dead bread. Jesus told his disciples, you ate this bread. Your father ate the same bread you eat, and they died in the wilderness. But if you eat this bread I brought you from heaven, you will live forever. What kind of bread? John 6 told you in verse 35, I am the true bread. I am the living bread. I came down from heaven. This is the bread of God. People don't want God's bread. They want the bread off the table so they can sing a hymn and go home. Verse number 27. I'm sorry, verse number 30. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and he blessed it and break it and gave to them. In that order, he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread and gave to them. And once they ate the bread, their eyes were open. See, what am I doing now? I'm taking the bread from the Father. It's already blessed. The Holy Ghost breaks the bread, and now we're giving you the bread. See, he gives me the word to give you. And what happens when you eat this bread? Your eyes are open, and now you know him. Not religion, tradition of man, but him. And the Bible said, and he vanished out of their sight. See, he wasn't natural no more. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within? This is what happened when you eat the bread. Did not our heart burn within us as he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Once God opens your heart, he now opens the word up to you. You can't, if your heart's closed, the word is closed. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 16, verse 11 through 14. Headed to my message. 
The second thing I taught you was part number uh, three and four. First, I taught you in this series. We have this on CDs or DVDs in our storehouse. Open the Gentile eyes. That was part one and two. Part three and four is how did God open your eyes? I gave you the Gospel of John chapter nine, and I taught you about a man who God said was born blind from birth. That's a picture of an unsaved person. We're not going back through that. That's on the tape. Let's go to Acts 16, 11 through 14. The book of Acts chapter 16. He's going to meet a woman, rich woman, seller of purple. Her name is Lydia, but she needs to be saved. It doesn't matter how much you have. If you don't have Christ, you broke as I am. You need to be saved. I'm not talking about spiritual broke now. I'm not spiritual broke. All right, Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter 16, and look at verse 11. Acts 16, verse 11. Therefore, loosen from Troas. This is where uh, he's in Philippi now. We came with a straight course to Samotracia on the next day to Neapolis, and from there we came to Philippi, which is the chief city of that sort of Macedonia, a colony, and we were in that city about a certain day. Now here's Paul, he, he, you know, he's off the ship, they walk in this town, and they're looking for somebody to preach the word to. And verse number 13, on the Sabbath, because that's really when they went into the synagogues, on the Sabbath, the Bible says, he went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. So here he walked into a prayer meeting where people are praying by the seaside. And the Bible says he sat down and then he spake to them which resorted thither. Women had gathered together in prayer. Paul came out preaching that word. And in verse 14, a, a certain woman heard him preaching the word. She wasn't in the prayer meeting, but the Bible says a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which wish of God heard us. So she had to be right there. She heard us preaching, to, talking to these people. And the Bible said, and the Bible said, whose heart the Lord opened. See, otherwise, until you hear the word, and believe the word, God can't open your heart. See, and God can't open the scriptures until you open your heart. Because you don't have anywhere to put the scriptures until your heart is open. Hallelujah. So how do God do it? You hear the word. You believe the word. God opened your heart, and then he opened the word up to you. Now you can hear the word for yourself. That's why people read the Bible, they don't know what it means. That's the man back in Acts chapter 8. Who is this man talking about? They had to go back and preach Christ to him in the book of Isaiah. We'll, we'll look at that a little later. All right. The Lord had opened her heart. And once he opened her heart, she attended unto the thing that was spoken of by Paul. See, now, now she wanted to be a part of that group because her heart was open. All right, let's move on. And that's what God got to do. He got to open your heart. Now, I want to I take you here because I want, I'm leading to a point. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. So what Paul's saying is you got to have the revelation. What Paul just gave you in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is what God already gave us in the book of Genesis chapter 1. I'm okay. I'm not going away. Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, God had already given us Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go back there. You can make me look good again, brother. I'm not going away. Hallelujah. Just come up on me. That's what I mean. Genesis chapter 1. Make me look good. Somebody say amen. amen. This word is so good, man, I have to walk around while I'm feeding y'all the time. I like to sit down, but you know, sometimes that word gets so good, it gets to moving. Amen. You know, this is living bread. Amen. Somebody said living water. Living water. Hallelujah. I'm going to come down a little while. This word just good to me. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I want to say something to you. I, I believe there are times that I can say things to you that you're mature enough to know what I mean. Now, 
the book of Genesis is the beginning of the history of creation. But God is not talking about everybody. He's taken us to Genesis because he had to show you his beginning. They got to understand Genesis, Genesis was given to Moses. Genesis was not given to you, really. It's for you, but it wasn't given to you. Genesis was given to Moses. God called Moses and told Moses to take, in the book of Exodus, lead the children of Israel out of, out of captivity. So to be, able to, to be able to tell him, he wanted to know who were the people, where they come from, and why are they so special to you, that you want to send me down there in Egypt that I came out of. You want to get me killed. I left that place running. I had killed a man, buried him in the sand. Now you want me to go back and tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who's a type of Satan himself, to let my people go? Yeah, that's what I want you to do. I'm going to be with you. And Aaron, your brother, take him with you. Since you say you can't speak well. And take the rod that I'm going to give you because I'm going to use it when I get before Pharaoh. Because that same rod is called the rod of God. It's going to be Christ himself in a rod form. We'll get it done. So you're going to have the father with you. You're going to have the son in your hand, and you're going to have the spirit on you. So don't, you will, we all go go with you. Can you see that? Now they're going to get down in Egypt, and God's going to say to Moses, I have to send you. And Moses says, you got to tell me what's going on here first. Who are these people? How they get down here in Egypt? So he got to give him the book of Genesis. Can you see it? See, the book of Genesis is not all the stuff you think it is. It's really about Israel. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He's talking about Israel in the promised land. Jerusalem is called heaven. And all the people of Israel and the promised land is called the earth. God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. That was how it was when God began his creation with Israel. Now God is going to give you Genesis. Genesis only lasts from Genesis chapter 1 to verse to chapter number 7, and it's going to be destroyed. But he just gave you the complete Bible in seven chapters. Everything happened from Genesis chapter 1. It's going to happen also when Christ comes. Genesis chapter 1 is a, John chapter 1 is a fulfillment of Genesis chapter 1. That's why in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. See, you got to put John chapter 1 and lay John chapter 1 on top of Genesis chapter 1 and you can talk to me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him, there was not anything made than that was made. In Him was light, and the light was the life of men. See, He's telling you in John 1, same thing that Jesus did in Genesis chapter uh, 1, what He's getting ready to read now. So the Bible is not about all this stuff. The Bible is about where God started off with a people called Israel and how he's going to bring his son into the earth. So he's going to give you a Genesis, he's going to give you a Genesis chapter number 8 because he's going to destroy everything that was rebellious. Then he's going to bring in the new creation. That's why in Genesis chapter number 8, we're going to find a man in chapter 6, chapter 7, he's going to destroy man, but then one man going to find grace. Just like in the new covenant, it's going to be the same way one man going to find grace. Noah found grace. New covenant, Paul found grace. 
God getting ready to start a new dispensation. The old dispensation was a law, a law dispensation in Genesis chapter 1. He gave them the law. Adam broke the law. When I say Adam, I'm talking about Adam and Eve, both called Adam. Now the law was broken. So God put them out of the garden. That God he put them out of was the promised land and where he had the flood. Noah didn't have no flood in Mississippi and Arkansas. Noah's flood was in the promised land. That's why you had the, the, the flood only took you from one part to the other. From one mountain to the other. There's no Mount Ararat and Pontiac. See, you got to be able to understand, he's still talking about the promised land. Everything is talking about the promised land. Israel was being taken to the promised land, back to where Noah left. It was given back to them. It started out in Abraham, and, and then God gave it to Abraham, walked the land east and west and north and south unto this land I give you. Your great, 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 great grandfather Noah had this land. It's the same one that Adam had. It's called the Garden of Eden. It's the best part. I'm going to give you the best part. Everything you need going to be in the land. See, you got the fulfillment of it in Christ. Everything you need is in Christ. You don't have everything. That's why he told him where the treasure is. Everything he needed was in Christ. You got the fulfillment of it. They had the land. They had a type and a shadow. But you got the fulfillment of it in Christ. In Christ, you got all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. You got everything. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. You got it all. You just don't know it. You just got to come in here and get taught the word of God so you can know what what you got. And then he gave you faith to know how to operate what you have. But everything you have is spiritual. You can't hold on to nothing natural. Everything must be spiritual. You violate what the spirit want to do in your life when you hold on to the natural thing. The Bible told you to use these things but don't abuse them. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. Everything in the spirit realm is yours. You are a new creation. I'm going to take it out of 2 Corinthians after a while. All right, Genesis chapter 1. Are you ready for me today? Yeah. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, you remember, he's told Moses, Moses, he's telling Moses. He's not talking to you, really. He's telling Moses what he have to do and, and why he got to go get Israel. So he got to give Moses Genesis because you got to have an Adam and Eve, but they're going to get put out of this promised land, and this promised land is going to be given to Noah, and then Noah's going to have a flood, and then he's going to leave the promised land. He's going to come down in Africa. Egypt is in Africa. Don't look at me, do your own homework. Today you got to Google. You can just Google, where is Africa? Where is Egypt? Egypt is in Africa. That's why they had all, that's why you have all the animals. That's where Noah came down at. That's why you have the rivers that lead you out of the promised land. It's not hard. You just got to study and start watching all my children, days of my life. Rachel been married 15 times. I'm talking about before my mother passed. <laughs> Folks still watching the same old dead stuff all the time. If what you're watching has no color, then all the people are dead. Let me say it again. When you're watching something, all the people, there's no color in none of the people. All those folks are dead on that movie. You'll get it. So God's going to, he got a place he gave, his, gave uh, Adam. He's going to give it to Noah. And then he's going to, after that, the flood's going to come. Then he's going to give everything, the whole earth to Noah. Well, the inheritance of Noah is going to be Abraham. And then Isaac going to inherit. And then Jacob going to inherit. And then Joseph going to become the king of it. So that's why Joseph was made king. Joseph's name had to be changed to 
find, find that because I want to make sure I don't zap, zap not penuel. But it means bow the knee. You got to understand. Listen what I'm saying. His name was changed from Joseph to Zaphnath Penita. Mean bow the knee. It's the same thing as a fulfillment when you read Philippians chapter number two and you verse five, and you will see that every knee had to bow now his to Jesus. God changed Jesus' name to Christ. The devil even knew who it was. If you be the Christ. I know you, Jesus. You are the Son of God. The word Son of God means Christ. When Jesus said he's coming back, if you read it in Matthew, he said he's coming back, you shall see the Son of Man. He can't be talking to you. The Son of Man is not in your dispensation. I don't know why people don't want life. The Son of Man is a man. Jesus was the man. Son of Man means son of Adam. Only one man in this Bible called man, that's Adam. Your physical being is the earthly fulfillment of Adam. You came from Adam, a physical man. Son of man means son of Adam. You trace your genealogy, you trying to trace your genealogy, it's not hard, just go back to Adam. That's where you're going to go back to. But you have a spiritual identity. Jesus not son of man no more. He's son of God. See, that's, they had to be saved in the Old Testament if they believed he's the son of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the way you got salvation, you had to believe he's the son of God. The son of God means he's the Christ. Acts 2.36, that God had made that same Jesus whom you crucified, now he's both Lord and Christ. Lord and Christ is spiritual. He made that which was natural, spiritual. All right, watch this. Genesis chapter 1. See, let there be light. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Waters, waters. And the Lord God said, let there be light, and there was light. I'm going to read down to verse 5. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. I don't have a time to reference all this. I did teach the book of Revelation. I did teach the book of Genesis. We do have that on DVD. We're not going to let you have not one copy. I'm not releasing that now. But anyway, the, the, the children, the waters are the children. See, that's why you got to understand the scripture when you say waters, right? So you got to understand it. But then you have the day and the night. And you get in the book of, book of uh, in Paul ministry, Paul gives you the revelation of the mystery. So what is he going to tell you who the children are? Jesus is going to teach this in Matthew chapter 13. He taught you the parable of the sower, the good seed. That's what he taught you. He taught you the children of the kingdom. And then Paul going to tell them that they are children of the day, not children of the night. So we're going to show you what all this means about this word night and darkness. Because I'm going to show you that darkness is also hatred. We're going to go there. We're going to go there today. Darkness is also ignorance. See, ignorance, it means absence of light, of lack of knowledge. See, when people don't know the word, that's what ignorance is. So my job is to make sure I, by the spirit now, by his word, remove the darkness. I'm talking about it me too. That's what the word does. All right? Now, I'm just going to tell them I'm not going to be able to zap them today. All right. Now that's Genesis chapter 45, 40, 41, 45. All right, you can put on your screen Genesis 41, 45. That's zap, nap, panaya. Panaya. Okay, but that means bow the knee. 
Remember, God changed Joseph's name to Zephaniah. It's named by the name. So when you read the revelation of it, you go to Philippians uh, chapter 2, where Jesus Christ as a slave, his slave. See, the word Jesus is a slave name. I'm going to hopefully get to some of that in this teaching because Jesus went to Galilee, Nazareth, where they had the poorest of people. So that's why he had the name of a poor person, Jesus. God's going to take him from Jesus to Christ. He's going to take him from Jesus to Lord. So you have to understand the name. That's why, that's why you got to understand Joseph. They changed Joseph's name. You're saying, well, he's Egyptian. No, God changed his name. It was a type and a shadow of God going to take Joseph and make him Lord over the whole earth. You remember, nobody bowed the knee without Joseph. Israel came to Joseph to be fed. So all that's talking about Israel, all that's, that's why they rejected Christ. That's how you got in. That's how you got the covenant of grace. It's the story of what the woman says about the bread that fell on the master table. We eat the crumbs. All right. I'm not going to be able to go that, honey. I'm just going to give them the verse, okay? Genesis chapter number 41, 45. You can get that, okay? It's on the screen. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephnath Paniah. All right, well, that really means they had another name in my concordance, but really it means bow the knee. All right, you, you reference that to Philippians chapter number two. Let's go there first. I, I'm not going there. I can't get off my mess. That's another message. All right, now, what I, want, what I want to do today is take you into the word. Are you ready for that? All right, now, let there be light. Say it one more time. Let there be light. Now, this is preaching the word. So you got to understand, when you go back and look at the book of Genesis, and it said, let there be light, that means that God saw the situation was in darkness. How is God going to get everything changed? He's going to begin to preach. Why I know that? Because that's what Jesus did when he came on the scene. Last week, I said something to you. I said Jesus did two things in his ministry. He preached, healed the sick, prayed for the sick in the daytime. Nighttime, he prayed all night. Now, this is not a game. This is reality. I gave you the scriptures on last week's tape. Jesus prayed all night. Jesus didn't have anywhere to stay. Jesus stayed in the Mount of Olives. That's why he lived. So when he was born, he was born in a manger, a place where they fed animals. This is how they received our Lord, because they didn't know who it was. This is what you do when you don't know what something is. You abuse it. You don't know the value. There was no room in the end. So Mary had to have Jesus' birth in a manger, in a stable, in an animal's trough. And then he was going to be killed when they found out that he's the king. So the wise man got a word from God to take the king to another city. And stay there until you get word. And then after that, matter of fact, he went to Egypt. So it would be written, fulfillment out of Egypt have I called my son. But when he came back, I want you to find in the scripture so I can tell the people, Sister Crump, when he came back, what did he come back to? We're going to show you that it was those two cities, Nazareth and Galilee. Because Galilee was the place where there were Gentiles. Slaves, the poorest of people. As a matter of fact, when a young man found out that about Christ, he said, we have found the Messiah. He said, well, where is it? He said, he's in, he's in Nazareth. 
He said, can any good thing? Find me the verse, baby, before I know where I'm going. Let's go to that. Matthew chapter 4. So you got to understand what's going on here. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You want me to start reading what verse, baby? Verse number 12. Just want to make sure you got it. Let's go to verse number 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into what town? Galilee. Galilee. I'm going to take you in a moment, and when I go to Isaiah, and I'm going to show you that they sat in darkness. So he's going to go to Galilee because Galilee was Galilee of the Gentiles. It's a place where dominant Gentile lived. In Galilee. So verse 12 said, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, leaving Nazareth. See those two places together? He came and dwelt in Capernaum. So Galilee is in Nazareth. Now he's going to leave Nazareth and come to Capernaum, which is up on the seacoast, because that's where Galilee was on the seacoast. In the border of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, here it is, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentile, those were where the Gentile was. Somebody said, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people were set in darkness. That's what they were. They were Gentile. The people that sat in darkness saw great light. And them were set in the regions of the shadow of death. Light is sprung up. Where did he go? He went into the darkness. Let there be light. From that time, Jesus began to preach. Can't you see it now? What are you going to start his ministry at? He began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's where he went. Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. He saw the darkness. He began to preach the word. Hallelujah. Now, with that in mind, you want to write down the word darkness. Darkness means absence of light. It means ignorance. It means hatred. It means flesh and without Christ. Now, I'm going to take you to 1 John 1, because I'm going to continue here in the next service. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Now, I'm going here because John was not ill author. He did not minister to you. But I want to look at his information. I showed you Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But I want to go now to John's gospel. John was one of the disciples that, followed, that was with Jesus. And I'm going to show you in John's, 1 John, I'm sorry, chapter 1, because remember, John wrote you the gospel of John. So I already read John chapter 1 and verse 1 in the beginning with the word. See, he, John talked about the light in John chapter 1. He also going to talk about the light in John, 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 4. He's going to talk about the light in every one because he's going to show you you're going to have to have the light to overcome the darkness. And the darkness here I'm going to show you is hatred. Ignorance. So when Jesus started preaching the word, he came in their darkness. He came in their darkness, just like flesh. First John chapter 1, are you there? First John chapter 1, we want to look at, first of all, verse 5 through verse 7. Verse 5, going to come to this camera right here. This then is the message which we have heard of him 
we declare to you that God is light. I want you to write that word down. God is light. Because I'm going to give you four more words to go with that the next service. I'm going to give you the verse to go with that. That's 1 John 1 and 5. God is light. This is what his message is about. But God is not just light in this chapter. And when I get to chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to show you God is love. So you are telling me you got God in you and you are walking in God and walking in light and walking in love and you still hating? You still can't forgive? See, people are telling you, I, I, they did me this way, but I can't forgive them. They did this way, I can't forget it. No, 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 you're walking in the flesh. And you, you don't understand, you are grieving the Holy Ghost. You saying you got Christ inside of you and you can't forgive somebody? Well, Pastor, you don't know what they've done. You watch when I read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because they're going to tell you, you don't forgive people based on how you feel. You don't forgive people based on what they've done. Do you know what they did to Christ? And Christ got on the cross and said what? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. See, when you love, you can forgive. You ain't love, you can't forgive. You got hate in your heart, you need to be saved. First John chapter 1 and verse 5, coming back to this camera. This then is the message which we heard of him declare to you that God is light and in him is no hate at all. Ain't no, there's no hate in God. So why is that hating you? There's no unforgiveness in God. Why is unforgiveness in you? See, that's what has happened. See, people let you know, oh, I, 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 I never forgive them. No, 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 no. I don't care what. No, 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 I never forgive you. I, I watched the television the other day, and that's what the man said. The man had, you know, messed up these people, and, and that was a really bad thing he did. Those people came in and said, I want to let you know I hate your guts and I hope you burn in hell. That's not how you talk to people when they messed over you. That's not what my Bible teaches you. My Bible, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. You didn't, do you know what they did to our Lord? And yet he came out openly and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And those people right there was waiting to finish killing him. You talking about love? God is love. We're saying we know God. Do you know God? Why can't you love? I'm going to show you in this teaching that humility and thankfulness is connected. And the reason why people can't be thankful, they are not humble. See, when you got pride, you ain't thankful. You think what you got, you got it on your own. But when you know that God gave it to you, it humbles you. You realize, like Paul, I am what I am by the grace of God. If God hadn't blessed me, I wouldn't have what I got today. You got to connect humility with thankfulness. The reason why you're thankful is because you're humble. If you were not humble, you'd be filled with pride and you would not be thankful. Show me a person that's not humble, they're not thankful neither. You're not grateful. 1 John says, in verse 6, if we say, because that's all I want, verse 5 and 6, if we say that we love, that we have fellowship with God, oh yeah, I, I, I praise the Lord, I, I got fellowship with the Lord. Well, why you don't have fellowship with people? Isn't that something? If I say I got fellowship with God and then I walk in darkness, I lie and I do not the truth. I'm telling people, oh, I love God and me and the Lord, hallelujah, but I don't have nothing to do with you. Let's look at chapter 2 while we're there. Now I'm looking at chapter 4, 1 John 4. I got no time. 1 John chapter 4. I don't know what happened to this clock. 1 John chapter 4. I'll do the rest of the next service. This will get your whistle wet today. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved. 1 John chapter 4, beloved, let us love one another. Now, I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians next service. Let us love one another, for love is of God, 
And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Watch this. You saying all I'm saying, why can't you love? Why you don't love nobody? Jesus said it this way. If you love them that love you, what thanks have you? I mean, if you only love folk <laughs> that love you, that ain't loving nobody. Watch what it says in First John chapter 4 and verse number 8. He that loveth not don't know God because God is love. See, people are telling you one thing, there's something else is happening. No, I have nothing else to do with this. No more. Hated guts. And you, you're a Christian, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you can't love. I didn't say I didn't love. I just don't want nothing to do with the huck of the huck of the huck. Same thing. Somebody said same thing. You don't want nothing to do with me no more? That's hate. That's all that is. You try to beef it all up. Ain't nobody hate. And verse number nine says, In this was, was manifested in love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his own, the only son into the world that we might live through him. God gave us his own son that I can live through him. And yet we can't love. And say we in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you don't know what they did to me, pastor. Is that right? Hearing is love. Here it is. Not that we love God, but that God love us. See, what we're trying to do, we're trying to take how we love one another and call that love. No, 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 no. That's not the definition for love. The definition for love is how God loves you. The Bible said love one another as, as he had loved you. See, what you're trying to do is you're trying to love me like you, like you love you. Let me say it another way. You trying to love me like you love you. Well, you might not love you. So he doesn't say, listen, he doesn't say, husband, love your wife as you love yourself. How many know what that verse says? Let's find out how, let's find out how much you know the word. Don't go living in the Bible. He said, you got to love your wife as Christ how Christ has loved the church. See, one day I was walking around in Florida. We, we got over there, long story. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I'm not loving my wife. Because first of all, I'm supposed to love her like you love the church. How in the world? I'm falling short on that one. Because I know the church messes up. Ephesians 5, 25. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Well, the church, the church messes up. Don't you know Peter and Jane and John all says, I don't know him. Oh, y'all don't know that? Peter, I'm talking about Peter that walked on water to come to Jesus, said, I don't know the man. Hell no, I don't know him. Oh yeah, Peter cursed. And got a Saint Peter now, he's Saint Peter. Peter cursed. He said, hell no, I don't know him. But you know who Jesus went to when he rose from the dead? He went to Peter. You know why? Because he wanted them to know, look, I don't know what you said. You were not able to have me then. You were not able to know me like you know me now. You're going to have the Holy Spirit. And once you get the Holy Spirit, you will never deny me again. If you don't, have, you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't love. The Spirit is love. You can't forgive if you don't have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of forgiveness. People are telling you, they, you, you can't hate me if you, you in Christ. God is love, church. You don't even know God when you can't love. Like I told you, you got to get this. You, we got to get this act together here. First John chapter four and verse ten. I started there. I, I started that nation. 
Next service. Verse number 10. We're going to do one. We're done. Verse number 10. He says, here's love. This is love. Not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. That's love. See, we're trying to use how we treat people and say that's love. No, 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 no. That's not the definition of God's love. Hearing is love. This is love. That while we were yet sinners, that's love. Christ died for me. While I was in my mess, before I was even born, Christ died for me. God forgave me of all my sin. Watch this. Before I was born, and then sent somebody my way to give me the gospel so I can be with him through eternity. God so loved the world, set up on your feet, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, God gave you a way out. If you don't like the way you were born the first time, you can be born again. You can be born out of the old life You can be born into a brand new life. God loves you. This Bible is about God's love. And he's letting you know if you got it, it'll work on anybody. If you got God's love, it'll work on everybody. If you got God's love, there's no respect to person. Regardless of what you've been doing and what, how long you've been doing it, when you want God, when you want his love, he'll give it to you. See, that's God's love. Man, man love you when they feel like it. Man love you based on what you've done and haven't done. That's not God. God love you just like you are. And the only way he can change you you got to let his love come into your heart. I'm going to stand at this altar because you in this church and you need God to give you another chance. He loves you. That's why I'm here. I'm going to reach out my hand. I'm gonna, you can come over there, brother. I'm going to reach out my hand. I'm going to say, Lord, people are coming down this aisle because they need your love. Come on, son. They need your love. That's why it is. You're going to see that man right there. Thank you. God wants you to come. You need a pastor. You need a church home. God loved you so much. He sent his son to save your soul. And all you have to do is get out of your seat and come and receive God's love. Come and receive God. I'm going to go to that camera right there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Christ already died for you. He's already been buried. God already sent his son. His son already been raised from the dead. He's already paid the price for your salvation. Nothing you can do to earn it. It's called God's grace. It's unmerited. God has already fixed it so he can make you righteous if you just give him your life. That's what our hands are stuck out here for. You watching us on television, just, just where you are. Just say, Father, I, I give you my life. I receive your life. See, your life is running out. Your life is temporary. But God's life is eternal. Eternal life is not I'm going to live a long time Anybody not saved or saved gonna live a long time somewhere. But eternal life is Christ Jesus himself. Will you receive it? When you receive Christ Jesus, you receive eternal life. Christ died for your sins. 
He was buried in your place and God raised Jesus from the dead. Receive that and believe that and start living like Christ already paid the price for your salvation. Hey, my time is already up. I thank you for your, and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.